Welcome to the Under the Sea Bass podcast. In this episode, we travel to the country of Haiti. Haiti is a small Caribbean nation that borders Dominican Republic. With a population close to 11 million people, Haiti is the second most populated country in the Caribbean after Cuba. It was also the first country in the Americas to abolish slavery and the only country to be established after a full-on slavery revolt took place in 1804 when they successfully fought for their independence and freedom against the French. Napoleon was not thrilled about that. Always a historically poor nation, in the past 20 years, Haiti has dealt with many, many years of economic stagnation, corruption, and violence. I mean, this century alone, Haiti endured a coup in 2004, a super-deadly earthquake in 2010 that killed over 200,000 people, and a cholera outbreak soon after perishing another 9,000 people. These kinds of tragedies never made life easy for the Haitians, but they are truly a resilient nation, as their ancestors before them, and hey, it's not all bad for Haiti. They introduced to the world some seriously delicious Creole cuisine, as well as this incredible mixture of compa and salsa performed here by the Haitian New York All-Stars. Ah, so good, so good. Alright, so here's the latest. Massive demonstrations that have been happening for months or arguably even years now against the leadership of President Jovenel Moise have unfolded to the point where even police have had enough and are protesting against him. Haitians are angry at President Jovenel Moise and they are unleashing their frustrations on the streets of Port-au-Prince. They blame Moyes for fuel shortages, corruption, inflation, and a lack of basic goods. They want him to resign. The country of Haiti as a whole are fed up with decades of corruption, lack of clean drinking water, lack of medicine and food, fuel shortages, and an overall lack of a better life for the majority of the country. Over 30 people have died so far in the protest. President Moyes has refused to step down, claiming he is not at fault for the country's overall problems. Others, like this protester, disagrees. If you have a little bit of morality, a little bit of nationalism, if you have a little bit of love for the country, then please hand over the keys because the people can't stand it any longer. We're asking you to step down, step down. So here's the backstory. On February 7th this year, protests ignited out into the streets of several towns in Haiti. The people were still very upset over an investigation into serious corruption and embezzlement done by previous governments, as well as President Moyes, using funds they would receive as part of their Petrocaribe alliance with Venezuela. Don't worry, I'll explain. Soon after, protesters began clashing with police, throwing stones at the house of President Moyes, burning down a popular market, putting up barricades, closing roads, shutting down schools, and some even breaking free prisoners in the city of Aquin. The government responded by cracking down hard in dissent, throwing tear gas at crowds and beating down people. The protests continued for months, intensifying in June after a journalist named Robside Petion, who was critical of the Haitian government, was killed. Again, thousands in the streets gathered, with some burning tires in the middle of the road and setting more buildings on fire. They demanded the resignation of the president. Again, he refused. Then just last month in October, now protesting for the lack of fuel and overall rising cost of living, thousands gathered around the capital Port-au-Prince, again demanding for the resignation of President Jovenel Moise and continuing their demands still today. Even those who voted for Moise to become president are disappointed. 
like this one protester. I am tired of this. I voted for Jovenel, but I'm disappointed. My vote has gone unnoticed. I asked Jovenel to wake up to the situation in the country. All right, so now let's provide some backstory to this backstory. And it all has to do with that alliance program I mentioned earlier, Petro Caribe. Petro Caribe, if you're good with prefixes, has something to do with petroleum in the Caribbean. It was a program created in 2005 by then-Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez. Venezuela at the time was pumping around 2.5 million barrels of crude oil a day. Now, not so much. But in the mid-2000s, Chavez saw this as an opportunity to convert his resources into greater regional influence and win some allies that would go against the United States and the Organization of American States, his two mortal enemies, and of course, to make a lot of money. Under this program, Venezuela would essentially loan oil to Caribbean nations at only 60% of the price and very little interest with the hopes of these nations selling the oil at home at full price and using the extra money the government would receive to pay for infrastructure or major social programs in their nations. That was the purpose of Petro Caribe. Its consequences? Well, that's a different story. In 2006, like a hyped-up first-round draft pick, Haiti signed to Petro Caribe on a 25-year deal with Venezuela. It was initially a success for Haiti. Fuel prices were affordable and the extra money was a blessing. The government was mostly stable, until the terrible earthquake hit in 2010 and a cholera outbreak right after made everything even worse. But then in 2014, a global drop in oil prices hit the Venezuelan economy hard. They could only produce 830,000 barrels of oil a day, down from 2.5 million. This obviously hurt Haiti big time because less oil to sell equals less moolah. What's worse is that now the people began to question where their billions of dollars in extra money have actually gone. They were not seeing any results in better infrastructure and public social programs and healthcare or in education. The majority are still living in poverty. Even the money they received from post-earthquake donations is not completely accounted for yet. The government claimed to have funded 400 projects in Haiti between 2008 and 2016 using about $4 billion in Petro-Caribe oil money. But the people of Haiti would probably respond with Thanks, Rick Ross. So now it's October 2016. After an election teeming with speculation of fraud and vote tampering, Jovenel Moyes, who was the hand-picked candidate of outgoing President Michel Martelly, becomes president of Haiti. He promised food on every plate and money in every pocket. Spoiler alert, that hasn't happened. The following year, November 2017, the Haitian Senate opened an investigation into the potential misappropriation of funds by the government using money from Petro Caribe. A few months later, in April 2018, the report found that some serious corruption went down during the administrations of former President René Palval and Michel Martelly. According to the report, the amount of money in government coffers, or like special safe boxes, was misreported, exchange rates were adjusted, and more than half of the contracts given to companies to service the projects did not go through the usual government bid process, leading to complete deregulation and lack of any oversight, and forcing auditors to ask how did $2 billion somehow go quote-unquote missing. But this major political corruption scandal didn't really spark protests until a few months later, in July 2018. With inflation spiraling and the economy struggling, the Haitian government decided to raise taxes on all fuel. This clearly did not make people happy. Haiti's government has suspended fuel price rises after angry protesters took to the streets. Demonstrators used burning tires and barricades to block major streets across the capital Port-au-Prince. They also targeted a Nissan car dealership 
and attacked a Best Western hotel in one of the wealthiest neighbourhoods of the capital, forcing guests to shelter inside. At least three people have been killed. Thereafter, the people began to ask, where is the Petrocaribe money? Where did it go? It became a viral hashtag. People began to rally in the streets, demanding the resignation of all politicians included in this scandal, like former presidents René Palval, who died the year before, Michel Martelli, and even, surprise, surprise, current president Jovenel Moise. But no punishment to previous presidents were handed down. The viral tweet that sparked the hashtag was created by Haitian activist Gilbert Mirambio Jr. In an interview with the CBC, the Canadian broadcast company, Miriam Bou said he was simply asking for justice. We're asking for justice. They took this money and they just spent it, like in houses, in boats, they went to the uh, casinos. And this is nonsense. As a human being, you're taking my money, you spent it, and you're asking me next to pay it back for you? No. This is an, that was like, I was fed up. And many others are also fed up. Which brings us to today, 2019. Three major protests breaking out this year alone in February, June, and October, with constant daily confrontations of gang violence and looting. The Haitian people overall are still in the streets protesting the resignation of Jovenel Moyes. They are unhappy not only with the Petrocaribe scandal, but unhappy with the lack of fuel, lack of safe drinking water, environmental degradation, food scarcity, lack of jobs, and the overall lack of improvements in their country that has been promised to them for the past 30 years. And if you're wondering, well, did President Moyes have anything specific to do with the Petrocaribe scandal? And the answer to your question would be a palpable yes. On May 31st this year, now into the second phase of the Petrocaribe investigation, it was reported that before becoming president, Jovenel Moyes helped embezzle around $700,000 from Petrocaribe by providing a contract to a company named Agritrans, a company he was in charge of. What's even stranger is that this $700,000 was meant to be used for repairing roads, even though Agritrans is a business that grows bananas. Not quite the same thing. As you can imagine, didn't take much for people to put two and two together. And they have, as you very much know by now, have been demanding for the resignation since. But in case you forgot, here are more clips on what some of the people in Haiti have to say. We are taken to the streets because the president is keeping the people hostage. Everything is overpriced, unemployment is high, and people are hungry. We need to free Haiti from all of that. If the president doesn't step down, we'll continue protesting. We've given lawmakers an ultimate him. Either they force him from office, or we will burn the parliament down to the ground. The situation in Haiti has hit a boiling point. The people are clearly angry, and these are people from all walks of life in Haiti. The young, union workers, university students and professors, artists, business owners, church leaders, the middle class, some elites, and now, police officers. And of course, the political opposition. They have been orchestrating a transition in the event President Moise is removed from power, something at this point might be very likely, and especially likely if the military defects. President Moise has called for dialogue, for unity, but has also called out protesters for not allowing him to govern and fix things. This is what he has to say. I'm not responsible for the acts today. Should I just give a letter of resignation to leave the country today? and the system remains the same. What I want to say to the Haitian people today is that the political, social and economic crisis, there is only one way to resolve the problem. We can resolve them when we decide to put our heads together. The people who put me in power did 
did it according to the Haitian constitution. Haiti has long suffered a history of political turmoil. The country has had 14 presidents since its first democratic election in 1990. Two rose to power through coups. Only three have completed their five-year terms. In a country where over 60% of the population make just over $2 a day, the divide between the governmental elites and the rest of the population is tragically staggering. There is rampant corruption. People have no trust in politicians and elections, especially because the promises of a better life after the earthquake have clearly not been met. In my humble opinion, Haiti, as resilient as a nation as it ever has been, cannot keep making the same political mistakes that I've been making for decades now. It is a poor nation with little land and a very dense population. Haiti has received billions of dollars in aid from international organizations and countries like the United States. What was actually done with this aid money is a completely different story. The bottom line here is that if the political leaders of Haiti continue to fail their social contract with their people and allow greed to consume their decisions, then I'm afraid this cycle of violence and poverty will continue to engulf this usually lighthearted and fun country for years to come. This has been Under the Sea Bass, Episode 4 in Haiti. Thank you for listening. Thank you all again for listening to Under the Sea Bass, Episode 4 here in Haiti. Uh, as always, want to give some special thank yous and shout outs to my sources. Uh, first and foremost, Jacqueline Charles from the Miami Herald. Uh, great reporting on the protest in Haiti. Rachel Krieger from the Washington Post. Sierra Nugent and Hilary Luang from Time Magazine. Gabriel Elizondo and Charlotte Bellis from Al Jazeera English. Paul Hunter from the CBC, Canadian Broadcast Company. France 24 News, Euro news and of course verified content on wikipedia whether you're listening on apple Podcasts, spotify or any other streaming service i thank you all for listening to under the sea bass not sure which protest in which country i will focus on next uh you just have to stick around wait and see and as always remember to expand your mind join the movement and learn all about social revolutions here on under the sea bass have a blessed day thank you <laughs>